This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we'll be talking about the Texas Rangers. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, joined in the studio by Evan Grant. Hello, Kevin. Hi, Evan. And David Moore. Hello, Kevin. And Evan. It's, or Evan and Kevin. Evan I've and Kevin. Whatever you want been told to do. say by Evan. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you have been told that. Uh, and we're going to have our old Rangers podcast today, and we get to have it with Evan in the house. Instead of Evan Warner. With our old Rangers rider, was that your second uh, Old Rangers rider, yeah. I'm definitely old. Uh, and, and plus, we get to do it without Evan walking around trying to find a, a, a quiet place that there's not, a, there's not jets flying overhead or it's, people throwing baseballs at him. It, it's amazing out there. I, you cannot find a quiet spot anywhere in, in – in, I mean, in – Surprise, the quietest city in America. You can't find a quiet spot anywhere in that stadium. They drive more gas powered <laughs> electric vehicle, gas powered vehicles yeah. on that concourse. And then it's like they say, Hey, what day is Ballsy gonna air? Let's do our jumps uh that day uh, yeah. at, over at Luke Air Force Base. And um so that's what you have. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a ride. So you left Sam Bloom out there all by himself. I have. Golly. Well, Smiley Pool is out there with Sam. Smiley's out there with him. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think Smiley's talking about? Lord knows. <laughs> Smiley Pool, Dallas Morning News sports photographer, sports journalist, photojournalist extraordinaire. He's the hardest working man in the business. Well, I'm I'm going to say that's a tie because our our photo staff here every day just um and Tommy Noel who produces this also as well. Tommy Noel. I, I don't want to start getting into names because I'm going to forget somebody. But now you've already named two. Now are, if you already, don't, are, if you don't name the others. Are oh, entire, he, he, he's called the staff right now. He's scrolling on the staff right now looking to go like, our entire my good friend. Staff. My good friend. <laughs> my best friend. Uh, Larry, uh, Lenny, uh, uh, Lily. Let's talk some baseball. <laughs> okay. Evan, when you left – Basically, nothing had been determined, decided, anything. We're still as lost on what the Rangers are doing as we were going into the oh, season. Oh, God, no. I mean, it's it, this is like, I, you know, I was reduced to writing that this is Futures Week yeah. um, the other day because they're just not playing anybody right now. The starting pitchers, uh, the first time a starter will take the mound in an, in an A game will be Friday when Lance Lynn pitches and he'll throw three innings at that point in time. But the guys who they're pitching right now, are uh, mostly just the extra arms in camp, uh, and some relievers are starting to get their work. And, you know, it, it, it's hard to get any real feel for some of the projects 
that that they have to sort through when guys are getting two at bats every other day. Uh, Nick Solak has played one game in center field so far, um, took took his at bats, but I don't. He did not have a fly ball hit to him. Um, what I will say that that I that I think stu- has stood out most to me, if I was going to rank observations that I would have made from these first two weeks in camp, I, I think the the number one thing that I would I would say is. Um, Greg Bird is a legitimate hitter. Now, whether or not he can stay healthy, that remains the big question. Mm-hmm. Watching him run is painful. Uh, you can see that the the that his feet, based on the plantar fasciitis and the, the ankle injuries, have, have left him less mobile. But his swing is sweet. You can notice that in the batting cages. And then the first day that he played uh, at Seattle, uh, he, he went 0 for 2 and 2 at bats, but smoked two balls. Um really made hard contact and and he's created he's created some real interest there and and I, I at, at this point I would think that um uh he's probably got a an as sizable an early lead as you could create on Ronald Guzman for the first base job um the other thing that I that I have that stands out for me is the two Optionable relievers who have been transitioned from starters, Jonathan Hernandez and Taylor Hearn, both come out of the gate throwing 96 and 97. Uh, both had really effective early outings. Um, Hearn pitched the second inning in his first game, so he did face still major league hitters. Uh, I think one of those guys is definitely going to make this team, and I, 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 I would, I, I guess my big projection is that one of those guys is going to be a breakout bullpen star this year for for the Rangers um and then the third thing for me is just is more just an observation of watching Corey Kluber and I know he hates the nickname Klubot and that's the nickname that that has been put on him because he does look so mechanical and so programmed in everything he goes about and I mean that in the best way possible he is there's just it's easy to like say okay this guy has two Cy Young awards and so you're watching him, and this is how a guy who wins Cy Young Awards does his business. But you can tell that there is a purpose in everything the guy does. Um, he's very driven. Uh, there's it's it, and it's not an intensity that plays itself out like with a scrunched up face or you know squinted eyes. But it, it there's there's a very stoic look that this guy knows what he's doing. He's content to go about his program, and I think that that. I, I think that is going to rub off on some of the young guys. I know in, in particular Tyler Phillips, one of the pitchers the Rangers are real high on, has, has been in his work group and, and has spent a lot of time ob- observing him. So at this point in time, you know, those are the kind of observations you make. I don't think there's, with the exception of the of the bird thing, I don't think there's anything in terms of nailing down positions that, that to me stands out. You know, uh, I'll take a couple of those things. I'll, let's start with the bird bird uh Greg Whoa. Bird. did you just flip the bird at me calm down would you the first of many bad puns for these guys this year when greg bird is going to be in a game please don't do that in print okay um greg bird of course came up with the yankees uh had a great rookie start i believe he played like a half a season and was terrific and then he just had injury after injury um to me if if your option is ronald guzman this is almost a no-brainer for me. Ronald Guzman 
a tremendous defensive player, never really hit in the minors, has not hit in the majors. If, if he doesn't have a track record here, what are we expecting of him? So to me, Greg Bird has a track record. It's it, His track record is that he can really hit when he's healthy. Uh, his track record is that he did hit the year he was healthy. He the other points in time that he's been in the big leagues, you know, and there have been shorter times when he's been healthy, but I assume that if he's playing, he's healthy. He has not hit. But, but that, here's the thing about that though. When you're not playing every day, you know, and you don't have an extended, you know, the guys put pressure on themselves. If you're going to be in the lineup pretty much every day, it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm just saying that I, I'm not surprised at all. Greg Bird wins that job. I hope they keep an open mind about that. I have nothing against Ronald Guzman. who's a great guy. Great defender, all of that. He's doing the best that he can. Uh, I I just don't feel like that. We we've seen enough of Ronald Guzman to know who he is. Uh, I think he is who he is, and uh, and I would like to see them give Greg Bird this shot. I, I hope this is an open competition, and and I think it it's is. It's very open. Yeah, that's what I think it is. So I think that's good. But I, I, I and I you know I, I've I've watched Guzman in these first couple of games. There have been a couple of strikeouts, and here's the deal. He's trying to do some new things with his swing, mm-hmm. trying to understand it, and it's process-driven. But you also, you know, you run this fear at some – fear, but you run this risk at some point in time that if as the buzz on Bird becomes bigger and bigger, now all of a sudden – How do you respond? Mind, yeah, yeah, how do you respond? Do yeah. you stick with the process? Do you do you panic? So I, I think this could be – this could be the kind of, of battle that, that does get decided earlier rather than later. Well, that'd be interesting. All right, and then the second one on Taylor Hearn. You know, when they made that trade and sent uh, Keone Calla to the to the Pirates for him and certain Apostle, uh, which <laughs> seems to be a tremendous return on that trade. I mean, that that's probably that, that may end up being one of John Daniels' best trades it's got the ability to i mean i and i, I will say this shirton apostle is the youngest guy in camp he's in his first big league camp he's 20 years old um i don't see any way he plays third base in the big leagues uh the rangers have two other prospects he's six four he's six four six five. you have a leak <laughs> I, I I did this the other day. I, he's Eric coming out of that time because I, I did I, I looked at him and Huff um, and and I think he's six I think he is six four but it would put him uh, right up there with the tallest third baseman of all time like Scott Rowland mm-hmm. um, and I just see that and this I'm is looking, why we didn't like Joey Gallo. I think this is a body that's that's yeah. destined to play in the outfield and and I, I would what about first base or first base you know I, I, uh, but he's he's legit as a hitter he's legit and. And Hearn, I think when he came over, there was this question, look, he's a power left-handed arm. Uh-huh. Don't know if he's going to ultimately play more as a starter or a reliever. I think right now the, the, the more direct path for him to the to the major leagues is as a reliever. I also think that the Rangers are going to be a little bit more cautious with him this spring than they might be with Hernandez just because of the long rehab that, that uh-huh. Hearn had from last year's elbow issue. But th- that's the thing about, you know, when they when they made the deal, they were hoping he was coming as a starter. So you're trading a reliever who's really, he's not really a closer, he was really a setup yeah. guy for a potential left-handed power starter. And, uh, well, uh, at that point, Apostle was just kind of a throw-in. On all, he's just really as impressed as he's come along. Uh, but that was a considered kind of on my part one sided to begin with. You're trading a setup reliever for a power left handed starter. So then when he came over, then the thought was, well, maybe he's not really be a starter. Maybe he'll just be a bullpen guy. And so, and I didn't like that as much as much. But I will say this: 
I do think the way to, to, to go with him now, without question, after he got hurt last year in his first start, couldn't even get out of the first inning, uh, is that uh, you, you bring him up as a reliever. And then if you, after a couple of years, you, you feel like you have stretched him out a little bit and, and he's had that opportunity to, to be a starter, then that's what you do. John Daniels has been very clear that while he believes the path for both those guys to the roster and to helping this team in 2020 is probably via the bullpen, that it is not necessarily a long-term uh, situation. Mm-hmm. You also then get into this thing that the Rangers have found themselves dealing with for forever. Taylor Hearn goes to the bullpen, and he's lights out in the bullpen. Then it's going to be, well, why do you move? You know, it's oh, I the know. Alexi Agondo, Neftali Feliz situation all over again. So, it worked out pretty well for C.J. Wilson. It did. So I, you know, for every guy you say it doesn't work out for, and sometimes it didn't. It, the, the problem for me with uh, with some of those guys was that you were bouncing them back and forth. And you have to make sure that this is what the guy wants to do. That's what C.J. Wilson wanted to do. He talked them into letting me start. You know, mm-hmm. they they weren't even inclined to do it. He just beat on them right. so much about it that they said, "Okay." If, if Belize that, was not as no. If Taylor Hearn wants to be a starter and he's dying to be a starter, then then I think they should pursue that. If he's happy in the bullpen and he ends up being that guy. Uh, okay, I just you know it's hard to find a, a lefty who throws ninety six. When you have to keep the players to draw, drive and what motivates them, that factors into the equation. As sure, well. absolutely. I mean, you, you have to say okay, you know. Well, we don't we know how a, much this means to you. I mean, and there we don't have here. a measurable on it, right? Yeah. So obviously, a lot of people are going to poo poo that, but I do think it is. You know, we want you to do something that you want to do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that doesn't need a measurable. That's common sense. Yeah. And and look, that can change over time too. You you can become so dominant in an area. Oh yeah. Where I mean, you know, I hate to do cross sports, but like Zach Martin's a guy. Zach Martin when he got in here, okay, we'll play you at guard. We're gonna move you out to tackle like a year from now. Oh wait, you're like already the top guard in the league. Now are you still happy being here? Do you want to move out? And it's like, well, no, this you know this makes sure. sense. And so, yeah. the thing I mean, athletes. I mean, while they're stubborn, some of them also you can also fall into a role that you didn't anticipate you would love and you would excel in, and then you recognize it and go, well, "Why move now?" And that's, you just let it play out. That, that, that's what you say. We know you want you to do. You want to do this. We can't do it this season. We may not even be do, able to do it next season. But let's start down the path. We'll promise you. Once you develop to a point, we'll do that. That's yeah. all you have to say, and that's a, as long as that's a genuine. And, and then you see how it goes, and you you have relationships along the way, and you talk, and you determine whether or not that is the best path to still Agreed. pursue. I think the the only thing I would say about that with Taylor Hearn is that uh, a power lefty is, is obviously a, a bigger deal, but um, you can find power arms for the bullpen. I, I just believe that. I, I believe that 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 is that is the and the Rangers have done a good job of finding guys. And uh, they've got for the some, they've got some coming along. Demarcus Evans mm-hmm. is going to pitch in the big leagues this right. year. Joe Barlow will probably pitch mm-hmm. in the big leagues this year. And they throw would, harder than Taylor does. Uh, yes, I, and I would not be surprised if Alex Spees throws in the big leagues before mm-hmm. the end of the year. This is a kid who was shut down, came back from Tommy John surgery, and like the second time out was throwing a hundred and two. Right. Um, 
he could zip right through the the system now. He's this got is why they got rid of Emmanuel Clause in the in the trade for Kluber. Right. We can find these guys, and and so that's ninety four is the new average fastball. Yeah, so absolutely. Um, you've got to be ninety five or above to be plus, and you've got to be you know ninety seven or above to be plus plus. Yeah, so that's that's the one issue for me is it with Taylor Hearn. Yes, let's let's bring him up in the bullpen. Let's let let him get this this role, and maybe he get comfortable and get settled in for a year or two. But then I think I, I, the natural think, progression should be now. Let's see what you can do as a starter. I, I think. Listen, I, I think the idea is you get these guys, you find ways that they can add value to your team, mm-hmm. and you maximize their value. You can maximize his value this year as a as a reliever, and he can yeah, potentially right. help your team. In another year, uh, if Miner is gone, uh, or if Lyles is gone, or if somebody's hurt. And you find yourself, you know, if Brock Burke doesn't come back from this labrum injury that he suffered, you all of a sudden find yourself with with a starter shortage going into next year. Then maybe Hearn goes back to starting. Mm-hmm. Um, you find ways to maximize guys' values, and I'll give you one example here. I was talking about this with somebody the other day. I was talking about heights. You know, we, I looked at Apostle and I looked at Sam Huff, and Sam Huff is also, I believe, six four, the the catcher mm-hmm. who is their top prospect. Um, and I've looked at him, and I look at the body, and and he moves well behind the plate. It, it's not, um, you know, because he's a catcher, he's a little bit. I hate to get into too much butt talk, but we've you've already done that. You broached that subject. You know, I mean, it, yeah. there's there's a butt there, and um, I I brought brought this up, and somebody had brought it up to Chris Woodward the other day, and said, you know, do you envision Sam Huff playing somewhere other than catcher? And I think the thought was, well, maybe he's not going to be a great catcher long term, and he's going to have to move from that position. But right now, the best path for him is to the big leagues as a catcher, and his 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 prime as a catcher may only last two or three years, and then you may have to move him to another position. But that bat plays better as a catcher than it's going to play as a first baseman or as a or as an outfielder. Um, and he can field the position well right now. And so you use that up until he's he can't be an asset, and then you move him someplace where he can. And, and say in those two years, you can carve another niche for yourself by what you do in those two Correct. years or however long that time period is. If you show that you respond in clutch situations, they're going to find a spot for you yeah. in the lineup. If not... You won't. You will just. But yeah, absolutely. So, you, Craig Biggio is a catcher, and then a center fielder, then a second mm-hmm. baseman. So you know that's the, uh, that's the unusual it, path. It was an unusual <laughs> path. Uh, but you know, he was not. He was not your prototypical catcher at about five right. nine, one hundred and seventy five pounds. And, but they thought they thought he, and that was a situation where look, he he caught well, but we think with the speed, we mm-hmm. don't want to diminish the speed. We want to enhance the speed. That plays better is in, in an infield or an outfield spot, and you know it turned into a, 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 a Hall of Fame career. Whereas if he'd have caught, you know he, he, I, he, I don't think he would have. To me, it's like we had this discussion about Jonathan Lucroy. It's like why did he just drop off so fast when he came from the Brewers to the Rangers? Not a big guy, probably my size, you know, and so. Uh, he, you know, I, I think playing that position is so debilitating. You know that over the long haul, it just chips away at you. 
you know, and uh, and I, I think that's one of the things to look. I'm looking here at tall catchers: Joe Maurer, six five; Sandy Alomar Jr., six five; Matt Weeders, six five; Chris Snyder, six the two, four. The two comps that, that Salvador Perez, six three. The two big. comps that come up most often when you talk to people around the Rangers for um, for Huff and body types are Weeders and um, uh, Perez. No, who was the first name you mentioned? Um, Joe Maurer. Joe Maurer, yeah. yeah. And I don't know that anybody's saying that he's a Joe Maurer-type hitter, but... And Joe Maurer ended up at first base. Right. Um, but the reason Joe Maurer got the $190 million contract extension is because they thought that bat was going to play better, and they mm-hmm. wanted at that point in time to protect him as a first baseman. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, no, those are, you know, there are, there are two guys there, and you get them... The most value out of them that you can as quickly as possible. The the, the difference in the two positions on size. Uh, I don't have a problem with with a tall catcher if the guy's nimble. You know, if he can get around back there, then fine. It's kind of like it's almost a little bit too like having a big goalie. You just lose that. I just think it's it's harder to maintain that agility. My experience with a tall catcher was covering Charles Johnson in Florida for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Came up as a Gold Glove catcher. Was a, again, a, a tall guy. I think he was six three. Mm-hmm. Um, but he lost that that agility and that mobility pretty quickly, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, all this stuff that played so well when he was a catcher, this offense, there's not really another place for it to play. Mm-hmm. And you saw a guy go downhill very quickly. Yeah, but as, as in a position, uh, in, in relating to positions, a catcher, I don't have as big a problem with it. I do at third base uh, because at third base, the, the levers the, coming in on the ball, that was the thing about Joey watching him play because Joey's 6'5", watching him play third base, coming in to make a, a throw, grabbing the, 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 the ball like a bunt and coming in and trying to turn and make that throw. That's really difficult when you're that tall and that big. It's hard to get everything set and go in the right direction, you know, and that's I think that's why you've seen that most third basemen have, have not been, you know, you know they, they're big guys uh, for the most part, but they're not tall guys. Ro- Roland uh, is the is the example of the great tall third baseman. He's the best example of a, of a great tall third baseman. But I I really do think, and I I don't know if Apostle has grown in height since the Rangers acquired him. I, I wanted to ask that yesterday and did not get a chance because he played third base yesterday. Mm-hmm. How did he look? Looked fine. Um, you know, there wasn't any kind of really challenging or tough play for him. Mm-hmm. Um, is he is he a good athlete? I don't I don't have any. He idea. looks athletic. You know, yeah. and that's the only thing for me is does a guy I, I I can't tell specifically if a good if a guy's a good athlete. I I can tell if he looks athletic. Mm-hmm. Tyson Fury didn't particularly look athletic, <laughs> to me, but he's the world heavyweight champion. Yeah. Um, this guy looks athletic. Uh, Huff, you know, because he's got kind of a, a, a big back end it doesn't look quite as athletic but for a catcher he's pretty athletic yeah so, um and he receives the ball really well uh i think their biggest issue with huff right now it throws is, well too is the idea of advanced game planning i mm-hmm. think you know this is a 21 year old kid and you, that's what bobby wilson talked to me about last week the the manager at double a frisco who's you know, if the Rangers, by the way, I, I just want to say this. If the Rangers are trying to kind of pass catching knowledge on to, to Sam Huff, mm-hmm. just understand that Bobby Wilson, the manager at Frisco, and Jeff Mathis, who's lockering next to Sam Huff in spring training, both came up in the Angels organization, both getting tutored by Mike Sosha. Both guys, I think, would tell you that, you know, Mike Sosha was incredibly difficult on catchers, but as Bobby Wilson said, he was also the absolute best instructor. 
Oh, he, yeah, I bet. He knew everything. So the, the pedigree, you know, if we want to talk kind of coaching tree here, it's a good coaching tree to mm-hmm. hand down to Sam mm-hmm. Huff. So um, that's that's where they're working. And I think the pairing of Sam Huff with Bobby Wilson at Frisco this year is a is a good – it's a good project to get Bobby Wilson, you know, as it, somebody the Rangers think has, has good managing ability and, and a future. It's a good project for him to really be able to dig his hands in on. Um, and, and I think it's a good pairing for Sam Huff. So, you know, uh, here's the other thing too, though, and, we, and we've read about this recently, and what's happening in baseball, and and because of what they're cheating, well, that too, but but the the uh, you know where the game is not being put in the hands of the catcher as much, mm-hmm. you know, where the you know more things are being called for them to do, uh, that some of that burden is not going to be as great. You some. Know? Yeah, it, 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 it'll be less about your head and more about your body. More about what what can you do? Can you can you can you throw? Can you hit? You know, I think there'll be more of a premium on offensive catchers, and and and, and basically going the opposite way of where the Rangers have been going the last it, couple. Yeah, of years. less of an impact on the game because it's, you're not really calling though. Yeah, you're not you're not doing as much. But and, and that's all around the diamond again because yeah. mm-hmm. you know the we look at first base which alters which alters who are going which alters how you view. Players and who goes into those positions? Absolutely. Um, but you've—I mean—you've got a hit now to play catcher. Yeah. You've got a hit to win a first base job. Yeah. It's why the Rangers are doing. Um, uh, you know, I think both both you and I, Kevin, are skeptical about the idea of of how they're approaching center field. Yeah. But the idea is they want to get them. They want to figure out a way that they can maximize getting both Solak and Santana into the lineup because they're both what they consider really good offensive players. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I thought Nick had a really good at bat yesterday, uh, two strike single to the opposite way. It was, it was, um, uh, it was a really nice two out first inning at bat. Uh, and, and that kind of guy, you know, the kind of approach he has at the plate, that's going to get him on, a, on, on the field somewhere, even if he's a subpar defender. Uh, especially, especially on this team, you know, too many swings, still too many swings and misses on this team. Listen, in the in the small sampling I've seen in, of Nick Solak at the plate, he clearly is a guy who has an idea of what he's trying to do mm-hmm. at the plate, and and he is willing to meet a ball wherever it's thrown. You know, he's he's not just taking a see that that's the problem with a guy like Ronald Guzma, big hole in that swing. It's a big, long swing. I'm taking this same swing on every pitch that's thrown to me. Nick Solak is adjusting his swing to wherever that ball is. It's a little, uh, you know, just my my son Ford who plays for Hendricks College. There's two two brothers that he's played with there. They're from Mexico City. They're great great kids, Jorge and Juan Pablo Leon, and they are amazing hitters. Jorge's one of the best players that's ever played at Hendricks. And they they will hit the ball anywhere on the field. They will they will they will do this little thing with two strikes where they just reach out and just dink the ball over the third baseman. It's it's like it's like they're hitting uh, playing tennis and they're hitting drop shots. It's unbelievable. And then they'll turn around and they'll rip a ball to right field right down the line. You know the next time up. They're just amazing at their ability to hit the ball wherever they want. That's who I think Nick Solak is. I, I think he is that kind of hitter who's going to meet the ball wherever it's thrown. Uh, in like I said, in a small sample size I've seen of him, so I don't have any any doubt that he's going to be able to do that, and that's why people like him. The problem is going to be finding him a place to play. Uh, it would be better if he had a little more pop. I, I don't know if he's going to have enough power 
to justify that. Uh, but but I do think in a in a lineup full of swing and miss guys, he's he, he'll probably be invaluable. I I, I agree. I just and it, it's it's just going to be interesting to see to, for me if they can find the proper mix to get both those guys uh, into the lineup uh, as regulars, and it's it's going to require both the second baseman and shortstop taking occasional days off, mm-hmm. and it's going to require putting somebody in center field who's not a center fielder, um, and that's what the Rangers are going to have to deal with. And my and I'm not going to go into my whole Danny Santana thing here, but the the flaw in me in this thinking is that we want to take the two guys who might be two of the best hitters on the team and 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 take them and flop them right yeah. you know why why don't we work with, at another position where we have why take a guy out of a position where he he may be really good every day to play there i don't know that they see i think if they felt that santana was a above average center fielder mm-hmm. I think that they would commit to that. I think, I think they, they feel I think like they don't it, believe that he can do it every day. I think he's given every indication that he is. And, and if you look at I like I go back to what Don Wakamatsu said, right? What did he say in spring training last year about Santana? He said, "What what am I not seeing here? Why is this guy not a star?" You know. I mean, it, it, this is everything you want in a player. He's fast, he's got he's got pop, he's got a good arm. Uh, he, he seems to have good instincts. Well, He's a good I mean, what we, what we saw in the second half last year was we saw a whole lot of swing and miss. Um, it did, and toward the end of the year, absolutely there was. But that's when the swing got longer. Uh, and he and I and I think that he and I think if you could make sure and and he was very encouraging at the end of the year. The last two weeks, he did come back to that. So we're getting signal to, to stop here. My my point is is that what was that signal? Oh, it's not Tommy, it up. can you wrap it up? He's giving can the you, helicopter. Can you repeat that signal? It's a helicopter. I was giving you the bird. Whoa! <laughs> oh. Wow! Well, what's it look like? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were just saying big whoop. Uh, I'm I'm just going to oh. say in this, the Danny Santana thing. He he has earned the right to lose the job, and 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 to me that is that is the thing that you 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 need to do with him. Let's before you decide that he can't do this. Let's see that he can't do it. Uh, on an everyday basis, and then you know, uh, I, I, I think there's enough, enough I, there. I think they're they're feeling, and we'll end it on this. I think their feeling is, if you put Danny in center field, and if Nick, if you've got to look at Nick in center field legitimately for these next couple weeks, just to get an idea if he can even be your backup center fielder. If he can be your backup center fielder, then you can potentially massage all of this, but. If not, it's going to be a problem working. The real, I think, the real issue there is if he can't play center field at an adequate level, then all of a sudden you're looking and saying, "We don't have enough with Rugnetador at second base. We don't have enough at bats to give him to keep him in the big leagues." And I think right now their number one priority, regardless of defensive alignments and everything, is how do we get both these guys' bats in the lineup? Yeah. Oh my God, Tommy is. He's wet himself. I have not. Uh, I, I, wow. can, can we chime in and, and talk about meat with the press? <laughs> sure. What would you like to sure. say about meat with the no, press? No, you Tom? say something about it. Why should I? You know, <laughs> let me just say this. Apparently, um, so uh, my good friend Gloria Campos. Oh, um, my gosh. Name dropping. She, uh, she tweeted last night. Because you uh, cornered her in a restaurant unexpectedly yeah. doesn't make her your good friend. The, 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 did you when you were down in Central Texas this week? Did you have drinks with her? 
No, I did not. Okay, so there. I um, didn't randomly bump into her either. But so yeah. uh, our Just first stalker, and then and then <laughs> and then proclaim like it was all. Yeah, we were going to meet. And Evan sitting friend. outside her driveway. <laughs> our first episode of Meet with busy? the Press uh, featured Joey Gallo of the Rangers, and it was shot at. Uh, at Zoli's New York Pizzeria in Addison, where we, of course, went for burgers because you go to a pizza place for oh, yeah. burgers. And the whole idea of this concept is to talk with athletes and, and others in the DFW scene over food, feel like food is a great um, – uh, it, it makes it very communal and sociable. And drive up their cholesterol count. It does that for me. Yeah. And so Joey and I spent a, a nice afternoon talking, and uh, apparently Gloria, um, who is something of an aficionado on good TV, yeah. saw our Meet the Press, uh, which is on the Dallas Morning News YouTube channel right now. Uh, she saw it. She saw that Joey had answered a question about what Star Wars character he would like to be. Um and she tweeted to that Star Wars character, who just happened to be Mark Hamill yeah, in real life, that she saw that. And Mark responded. So obviously now wow. me, wow. Joey Gallo, Gloria Campos, and Luke Skywalker were close, close friends. <laughs> the seven degrees <laughs> of Kevin Bacon. Here's, like here is the sad thing about this. Instead of just being happy about this product. In his all, mind, this is all true. This is all that matters <laughs> all to him <laughs> is that I've got connected to Mark Hamill. Not that we did a nice thing and it was fun and it was good and maybe this will keep uh, Mark, this industry alive. It's that Mark Hamill knows Mark me. Hamill. Mark Hamill Gloria. tweeted me. Okay. <laughs> Here's where we're going to end this podcast. I'm just going to say this. It's already ended. Let me tell you, pal. Please please go to the Morning News' YouTube channel. It's Dallas, Dallas News on YouTube. Look at this clip. Um I do need to give a big shout out to Tommy Noel, who kind of stepped into the middle of this. Tommy project. was a star of that uh, whole thing. Fantastic editing job. It, it and and what I've heard from people both inside this building and out is that it really had a good professional look. And, uh, listen, I watched it and I gave me I kid you a lot about it. I thought it was terrific. Um, so I I, I think it's worth it your time and and, and we'd great. love more feedback on it. For, uh, top to bottom, a great job. Thank yes. you, Tommy. Can no we question. go now? Yeah, yeah. Tommy was gonna lock me in the in the studio until I said this. Yeah. Wait, we gotta we gotta pimp out your. Well, new, listen, listen here here here. Segment. Listen, we can still lock you in the studio. As a matter of fact, I think we will. Okay. okay. Thank okay. you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Goodbye, Evan. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans. We'll see you.